0: around the nfl podcast
1: keep our names out of your mouth
2: welcome to another edition of around the nfl my name is dan Hansis. i come to you from a virtual room filled with just one hero but it's a special one they're all special greg is a special hero
3: greg rosenthal what's up buddy i mean am i special Uh, at least on this show it's not that special
2: Mark uh, Sessler, not with us today. Hope to have him back on Thursday. Uh, But we are rolling, Greggy. The rookies for the Raiders, Bills, Falcons, Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins, Patriots, Saints, Giants, and Jets have all reported. Raiders veterans report tomorrow. I checked with Gravedigger to see if anybody's reporting late, but uh, he said no. It's more uh, locked-in schedule, so I, I can't eliminate any teams from championship contention, uh, on July 19th.
3: No, I noticed that it's th- it disappointing. All the teams show up within two days of each other next week. Uh, it, other than the hall of fame, uh, teams, who, you get a little early start bills Raiders, but, uh, it's good. It's that week where it's like, uh, football is back. Uh, like NFL now is on once again for the first time in three months. And it's like campus start, but they're actually, it, Quietly, it still is kind of a one more off week, um, but it's like people are getting ready.
2: Are we are, I think, around fifty days from the start of the regular season, so we're now, you know, getting into that zone, and uh, we will be resuming our three shows a week starting next week. So we're warming up now, uh, but this is the last week where you kind of feel like it's that summer quiet, even though teams are starting to roll in now. So we're gonna we're gonna get you caught up to date. On what's going on in the league, not a lot right now, other than uh, obviously uh, teams and players showing up. Uh, but we also have, Greg, one of the long-running series in the history of around the NFL, the longest-running series perhaps, tied with maybe some others, but making the leap, which used to be uh, a list uh, that we counted down and we, we divvied it up. It was you know me, you, Wes, Mark, Kevin Patra, uh, and we each did a few and kind of went through it that way you've now since modified it uh to a more broad look at the league mm. correct
3: it's changed many times yeah then I just would do like four or five and now we're, we're doing one per team is was the the way we did it last year and, and this year we're doing doing it again so I needed some help some some team you know some teams got a lot of options some teams yeah even good teams. Not, not a lot of, like, young, promising players. So I'm going to get help from you and, and our friend Bill Barnwell. Coming.
2: Yes, Bill Barnwell coming back to the show in a little bit. And that is a little misleading if you're, if you're going through making the leap and you don't see someone that springs to mind. Sometimes it's just that team is just a different type of team, a veteran team or whatever. Uh, but in some cases, Greg, I think it does help you to see, uh-oh, this, these guys are in a little bit of trouble. Yeah,
3: there were a couple that were worrisome. Washington was one. I was like, where Where is their young talent? So some are like the Bengals, who just I feel like all the Bengals are like they've already broken out. They all look like they're just a solid team returning, and they're already good. Not worried about them, but there are there are others, and there are others like the Patriots, who you know I felt good that they actually have some young players. They're getting a lot of grief for not not having much talent these days, but
2: right, you know, then there are teams like the Titans, where you're like,
3: uh oh. Windows (laughs)
4: windows <laughs> closing
3: right grave digger
2: grave
0: digger yeah you know
3: <laughs> defense returns 10 of 11 starters so it's kind of tough on that side of the ball offense like relying on some rookies so you're like you're not going to pick them to make the leap but also some veterans lots of veterans right i mean I it, it was hard when like the first name <laughs> i wrote down was like Tyre tart you know, I maybe I'll you know I'll, I should get some help from you off air or whatnot because uh, there's just not a lot of young talent. Ooh, here.
2: a private. I do Rosenthal like your Graver conversation. I don't know if we've had one of those yet.
3: <laughs> we we've had a few. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> we've we, we've had many. We've well, had many. I mean, like you know, you pick
2: up the horn and you and you punch in those digits and you call up Graver just to talk, you know.
3: That, you know what? Graver can attest that's actually happened uh, multiple times. It, but it's it just show related because I'll be driving. I'm, I've am i become the old guy who I'm, I'm like some of our old bosses who would just like call because you don't want to be texting while you're driving. It's, it's easier to give Graver a call, let him know. You, you don't think I do any behind the scenes work, but I do sometimes. You're not the only one, Dan.
2: <laughs> I, I certainly know you do a lot of work, Greg, both in front of the camera and behind it. Before we get going and hit up the Making the Leap conversation with Bill Barnwell. And we have another special guest at the end of the show. Because there's, oh, there's,
3: very special. There yeah. is
2: something going on that's dirty. Something stinks down south. And I don't mean the Tennessee Titans roster. It is There's something else going on. And we're going to do our best to right a terrible wrong down in Georgia off the coast. But before that, let's do some news. So now Lamar
5: Miller able to get out of the hole. Miller, could he? The Carlos chasing Lamar Miller all the way wire to wire. 97 yards of glory.
2: Greg's friend Joe Tessator. With the call, Lamar Miller, 97 yards to the house with the Houston Texans, still the only two-time-making-the-leap candidate. I did a little research on this, Greg. Um, Chris Wessling wrote the Lamar Miller (laughs) 2013-making-the-leap copy, and then in 2016, after four frustrating but tantalizing seasons in Miami, he moved to Houston to replace Arian Foster, and the old Zeuser said, "Uh uh-oh, this feels like the moment. For Lamar Miller, a two-time making-the-leap candidate. Never quite made the leap, but it was always an interesting player to me.
3: Yeah, one of the stranger corners you were ever on was Lamar Miller <laughs> corner. Year after year, you just really like Lamar Miller. No one could really totally wrap their arms around it. But
2: <laughs> All right. Can we wrap our arms around J.K. Dobbins and his status? As he looks toward another season coming off an ACL injury, NFL networks, Ian Rappaport reports that the Ravens running back is quote, no sure thing to be ready for week one. Rappaport noted that Dobbins has not had any setbacks in his rehab and it's going well, but the injury was extensive. There was a meniscus tear, the ACL damaged the lateral side, Ian reported. So you have this very tantalizing running back, this talented player, who you don't know exactly what he's going to give you. Now, to that point, Greggy, J.K. Dobbins then tweeted, I might not even go on pup because that's how good my rehab is going. And I'm damn sure going to be ready for week one. So he refuted Rap Sheet's reporting, as you have done in the past, Greg. Your thoughts?
3: <laughs> well, yeah, me and Rap Sheet you know, I've had some differences of opinion in terms of coverage this year, but this is certainly one where I trust his reporting, uh, over JK Dobbins. Cause yeah, I'm sure JK Dobbins is feeling good about his rehab, but Ian's getting the information from, uh, the team or doctors or agent, whoever is trying to look out for JK Dobbins and doesn't expect him to be ready for the start of the season. And they're going to try to save him from himself because they know him being healthy later in the year is more important. Gus Edwards is also coming off of an injury. Uh, You know, they, they drafted a running back there in the, in the later rounds, like they can get by without JK Dobbins for a couple weeks. So this is one though, even though I'm sure he wants to get back on the field, if I'm a fantasy football player and i hear this from ian i would i would trust it and it sounds like one of those things that they'll work them in slowly maybe week three week four not the biggest deal in the world at the running back position they can fill in
2: it makes me think of saquon barkley last offseason this time where you had you know a very serious knee injury, he was recovering from the rehab was not going Uh, poorly by any stretch but it was going along in its own process and similar similarly he ended up playing i don't think he started the season and then he never really found a flow hopefully that doesn't happen with dobbins all right another news rodney hudson's coming back to the arizona cardinals rap sheet reports that hudson has informed the team he's returning and will play in 2022 entering his age 33 season hudson did not play very well for Arizona last year, but he's a key guy for them at the pivot, Greggy. Uh, so this is good news for a team that could use good news.
3: Huge news. Their offensive line played so much worse in the games that he missed. So even though he wasn't like the all pro that he used to be, he was way better than their backups. They, they ended up having all these snap problems. And, and the fact that he was considering retirement – uh, is the best possible outcome because we did this. We did this story on the show you missed last week, Dan, and so I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of close the loop that something weird was going on that they weren't, they were sending out birthday messages to other people who had Rodney Hudson's birthday, <laughs> but not to Rodney. Then they sent out a tweet with four starting offensive linemen that were just like, our big guys are going to protect. Uh, but they didn't include Rodney Hudson. It was four starters and the fifth was missing. And I, it seemed like maybe something was going on between the two, but it, I guess it was just, he was considering retiring and they didn't want to put his name out there if they didn't know he was going to play. So, so that's good just to close that loop he will be playing
2: it does always surprise me when i learn that you guys are doing the show and i'm not here like <laughs> I know you don't me like it. As, i don't Unfair. love it i don't love it but i understand it's necessary um and i i don't plan on missing another show greg um until the off season that follows
3: this season. no i think we're i think we're probably locked in now here um yeah it's that was uh that was from japan that was that was that was a while oh show. yeah
2: how you doing how's your jet lag?
3: It's good, it's way easier to focus on like overcoming jet lag, and it's much harder coming back from Japan. It's easier to focus when you have no family around you my my uh my wife emika and, and our children are still in Japan for another ten days so so uh, everything that's seems nice. easier It's like you you can't complain about anything when that's the case.
2: and one of the great life hacks it might be obvious, but I'm, I'm sure some people might think it's better to try to line you know change your children's sleep habits or try to keep them in line. If you travel across the country, like we live in California, we've been in New Jersey now for a couple of weeks. I have kept the children on Pacific time and that's wow. wonderful. Oh, what wow. a, what a treat. So the kids get to stay up later here in New Jersey and they, and they love that. And then, Oh, Greggy, the mornings, those boys are quietly sleeping in their beds at 10, 15 a.m., 10 30 a.m. <laughs> It's a whole new world, you know. Once you have kids, the 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 days of sleeping past seven a.m. are mostly over, and this has just been a wonderful respite, and I've I've truly enjoyed it.
3: That a that's, a that's a good move. That's uh, a good move. I I would think the circadian rhythms and the and just the sunshine they would naturally fall into the East Coast after a few weeks. You can't do that when you're coming back from Tokyo, though. Like for instance, we're taping this in the the West Coast morning. It's three a.m. there. Uh, on Wednesday already in Tokyo. So it's it, you, you can't play that game in Tokyo. That's a dangerous game.
2: I should note that we keep them in a windowless basement here <laughs> on the Jersey Shore. Uh, in other news, the Cleveland Browns plan on signing an extra quarterback behind Jake Brisket if Deshaun Watson is suspended. That according to Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Watson um, likely facing a lengthy suspension uh, due to all of his Uh, off-the-field tribulations. Um, So the Browns, if that indeed does happen, uh, are going to want to add somebody else. Baker Mayfield, of course, no longer an option traded to the Panthers. And on the subject of Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans have reached settlements with 30 women who made claims or were prepared to make them against the NFL organization for its alleged role regarding sexual misconduct allegations against Brown's quarterback Deshaun Watson in massage sessions, the attorney for the women, Tony Busby said in a statement on Friday.
3: Yeah, it was interesting that the it's like the Texans settled this so quickly. There's no word whether the Texans will face a NFL punishment. You would you would think that was Possible. We're still waiting to hear the Watson news. It, it might not happen. Even now, they're saying before the Browns show up for training camp, which would be awkward. We don't really know. And really, the takeaway from Mary Kay's report I thought was notable was just they they want to sign a clear backup to Brisket. It. It, it, it unless they're trying to mislead the media, it, I don't think they're going to bring in Jimmy G. They you know people have speculated about that that if. Watson gets half the season or the full season. Would, would you bring in Jimmy G at least the reporting indicates that no brisket is going to be their guy either way. He's been with the team all off season and he'll know the offense better. We'll see.
2: All right. In other news, Eddie Goldman's NFL career is over. The defensive tackle of the Atlanta Falcons has surprisingly retired at the age of 28. The former second round pick um, hangs up the cleats, uh, this comes after he signed a one-year deal with Atlanta uh, earlier this month, but something changed, obviously, Greg, between now and then.
3: Yeah, it, it's surprising. Not a not a long run with the Falcons. It reminds me of a. Frank Gore's run with the Eagles back back in the day. O- old heads will we'll remember that. Uh, Goldman was like one of the best young nose tackles in the league for a few years. It feels like no one was impacted more negatively from the pandemic than him. He had injury issues, but then he sat out the, the pandemic season and he could never get healthy uh, on his way back. But it, it seems like it was more of a, an injury thing uh, than anything else. But Falcons fans actually were, were hopeful he was going to start. So it is a loss for them. All right.
2: Happy trails, Eddie Goldman and whatever comes next. And finally in the news, Leonard Fournette, you know, playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny. The dude has always been a tank. But right now it's a particularly large tank, a tank that uh, I think um, I think Wes used to call him Battleship Lenny. Is that because of his inability to change directions?
3: Yeah, um, he he would say uh, him trying to you know move around. That was that was a tough nickname for him to put on him.
2: So <laughs> Fournette he skipped voluntary OTAs with the Bucks, and then he showed up <laughs> at mandatory minicamp, um, very heavy compared to the end of the 2021 season. How heavy? His listed weight six foot two twenty eight, and this report from Rick Stroud. Coaches were not happy, and that's an understatement Report uh, regarding the team's minicamp, when Fournette didn't participate in the OTAs, but then he shows up at the mandatory minicamp weighing damn near 260 pounds. So that could be an issue. And remember, they have a third-round pick, Rashad White, who's in the building and hungry in a different way uh, from Lenny <laughs> that could make this an interesting backfield in Tampa.
3: There are some people, some people I trust draft draftniks that think Rashad White is the man. That that he should have been drafted way higher. That this is a great opportunity. He's someone I'm cu- I'm not curious about that much in the preseason. I'm gonna be curious to watch a little Rashad White. I'm not worried about Lenny though. Like when this stuff happens in May and the, everyone gets mad in the press and stuff. That's like six weeks before camp. You can drop a lot of weight in six weeks. There's six weeks of camp until the games actually start. That's a solid three months you would think uh, he'll be able to get his weight down and then it's tough for some of these players. So, you know, you're out of the, you get it out of the practice, the weight comes on, it comes off. It's a battle and Fournette's definitely one of those guys. I
2: want to see how Fournette does during this break. I definitely want to see how Makai Becton with the Jets comes yeah. out of this break, because this is uh for a lot of guys, it's not just these two dudes. Um, they do use that last stretch between minicamp and the start of, Training camp as they're let me get down to my playing weight. I've had some fun in the off season. Now it's time to get crazy. I know the game's different. It used to be guys would be like smoking cigarettes and were you know, laying down a driveway in the off season and then they would <laughs> use training camp to get into shape. It's not that way anymore, but you can still sense it, Greg, for a lot of guys, or some guys at least, there is that like, okay, time to buckle down and get serious ahead of training camp. That seems to be the case with the Fournette anyway.
3: I think um, that's refreshing. It's sort of old school. You know, it's uh, a harkens. It's harkens back to the old days of the NFL that you could just like get a little sloppy in the offseason and get back. You know,
2: I've had too much fun this offseason. I've been traveling too much out of my routine, always battling the bulge. And this is going to be the same thing for me. I'm going to try to use training camp um, as a ramp up to week one to just, you know, try, try to drop some LBs. You know, we we're on camera and stuff. It's just like the summer, man. Sometimes it gets you; it sneaks up and gets you. All the grilling out and you know, a few too many Tito's. Same, same. Some I, late I night could, eating.
3: I could, I could stand to get in a little better uh, shape right now, too. Um, it's the opposite for coaches; they show up in the best shape of their lives, and then they slowly get worse and worse as the season gets along. Like oh Bill God. Belichick always, sh- you know, shows up about. I would, you know, I don't, I don't want to. We, we shouldn't be fat shaming or anything, but he definitely shows up in better shape than he looks in December. And that's that's typical of a lot of coaches.
2: The, the guy that always stands out to me is Rex. His first year with the Jets when they made that unexpected run to the AFC title game. If you ever go back and watch that game, and Peyton Manning had a second half comeback, um, so it does show up sometimes on NFL Network or whatever. Rex is huge by the AFC title game just because – you know, that job, the stress and the the late Mingini nights. Mangini
3: was another one. He would show up to yep. camp looking one way and the season would end a little different.
2: Anyway, training camp for playoff Lenny, also for, you know, playoff tugboat is starting right now. <laughs> All right, that's what's happening in the news. Let's take a break, and then it's time for Bill Barnwell.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,
2: Welcome back. Joining us now is one of the best football writers in the game. He's been pounding out copy for years over on ESPN.com. It's a compliment. He also is the host of the Bill Barnwell show. There's a hint for you. (laughs) And he has nothing in his Twitter bio. Bill Barnwell, welcome back to Around the NFL.
4: That that may change. I may change it to Copy Pounder
2: <laughs>
3: There's something a little lurid though about Copy Pounder. <laughs> there sure I don't
5: know.
3: Is. No, there it's a sure problem. Is. Yeah, Dan, I... you were mentioning Connor Orr was on our show a few years ago and mm-hmm. and had had takes on all of our Twitter bios. I think he thought my my one word bio was a little too cute. Uh, I wonder what he thinks about the Bill Barnwell just leaving <laughs> it blank. All like all business. I that it. It does. Uh, it's a sense of
4: mystery there, Bill. Mm-hmm. There's an aura, I think, to it. And I don't want to. I don't want to set preconceived notions. I want someone who does not know me at all to stumble on my account, judge my my bad takes based on the quality of the take as opposed to where I work. Ask Bill. Who is Bill Barnwell? Lol, idiot. And then eventually <laughs> realize that I work for ESPN.
2: Right. And also, there's the old, uh, the old phrase. You know, what is it? Why buy the cow when you get the milk for free.
5: I think that ties in
2: somehow to that as well.
4: I'm not sure if in this scenario, if I'm the cow or the milk, but I, I, I think either way, you know, I, I really believe that uh, I, I want to be judged based on the quality of my work for better or worse. And on Twitter, I mean, you know, realistically, I I don't want to set some ideas. I know people are going to be upset if I tweet too much, tweet too little, only tweet about football, not tweet about football. So at this point, just fill in whatever you need to fill in. That may not agree with what Connor Orr thinks works for Twitter accounts, but I have have stood by this for several years now.
2: All right, good. And by the way, Connor Orr will be joining us uh, uh, later this summer ahead of... um the beginning of the season where we break down team slogans for 2022. So stay tuned for that. But right now we got Bill Barnwell and uh, you could check Bill's latest article. I read it this morning. I, I enjoyed it. NFL MVP 2022 cases, Where you take a player and then find someone, you know, use history, as Chris Wessling Mm -hmm. was known to say, history is instructive, and find Mm -hmm. a case that connects with the player entering the season. I I particularly like the Matthew Stafford comp to Matt Ryan in 2016, Mm
5: -hmm. uh,
2: veteran quarterback has pelts on the wall, but now he's another year in a system with a gifted play caller on a good team. Look out. I kind of into that. Uh, Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. Greg, I know where, where are we on and get in Vegas, Greg with uh, Matt Stafford MVP.
3: I, I feel like he's not one of the, even close to one of the favorites. Um, long shot, but baby. he's not as big a long shot as Brett Rippon, who still <laughs> <Bill> also somehow <laughs> squeezed into that column. And I got to admit, like I would have clicked on it anyways, but ESPN used the Brett Rippin as like a sell <laughs> on their homepage. And I was just like, well, that's very un-Bill Barnwell-like. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I saw what you were doing. You were, you were trying to think of a comp for Kurt Warner in mm-hmm. 1999. And and that's, it's a tough one to find.
4: Well, I, I mean, think about how unlikely <laughs> Kurt Warner was as an MVP candidate, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy who was... 27, 28 at the time, undrafted, had 11 career pass attempts. Was the backup all training camp until uh, Trent Trent Green, I believe, tore his ACL. Well, was like Brett Ripon, no up? one had
3: ever heard of. Like I, at in 1999, when he was, I remember yeah. the first game Warner started. I was like, "Who's Kurt Warner?" No, no one, no <laughs> one really knew him, and that would be the case with Brett Ripon, unless you're you like you a Mark
4: Ripon fan. Were, you were writing the Roto World Bird for Kurt Warner, saying Joe Germain is coming <laughs> you know. in in two weeks. Joe Germain <laughs> you know. priority waiver pickup. Uh, and I mean, it was incredible. You know, it, it's one of the most incredible stories I think in recent NFL history. And I think, you know, I brought up Brett Ripon because even Brett Ripon is so much more likely to be a useful player than Kurt Warner was. It's just so incredible and so out of nowhere. And I think at this point, you know, working back 20 years, it's so hard to find a good comparison there.
2: History is instructive, and the social media people—they, you know—that's what they're paid to do: find the the hookiest thing. But sometimes. You know, for the copy pounders like us, you like to have something that the reader, that the reader kind of you work your way to that spot, mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa, that's fun! Like a perfect case in point: the Superstar Club on NFL.com last week. Mm-hmm. I had Justin Tucker. The la- he was the grand finale, mm-hmm. and what do you think's mm-hmm. the sell all over mm-hmm. NFL, and it's a uh, you know
4: connected properties. Eh, Justin Tucker, uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, keep pounding, I think, is what we're going to do. We're just like the Carolina Panthers here on Around the NFL.
2: Trademark infringement intended. All right. Now, Greg needs help. That's how I took this. I I took this as Mm I was rewatching Titanic for the first time in many years uh, with my nieces here on the Jersey Shore. And when they just start sending up those flares after the iceberg hit, it's already too late. Uh, (laughs) They're doomed and Carpathia's like four hours away. Here's the good news, Greg. We are the Carpathia, uh, me and Bar- Barnwell. We are not four hours away. We're right here for you now because you need help with the 2022 mm. Making the Leap class. That's how I took this. That, Is that correct or incorrect?
3: That That's correct. I think we're also like the band on the Titanic as people who are trying to be copy pounders uh, in 2022, like getting people to read long form stuff on the Internet. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I'm doing Making the Leap. And I thought Bill would be I this year they want me to do one per team I did that last mm-hmm. year and so I'm doing one per team. Bill I, I thought would be a fun guy and you you uh, as well the to, to help uh, me narrow it down per per team. Well he's the special guest you're always here. I understand. So uh, yeah I'm and gonna you run you as through. well i mean you're always here this is what's different right. is bill, bill's right, joining us fine. and we run through uh, a bunch of the teams that are a little harder to do so i'm just going to dive in i'm going to mention some of the teams that I, I already think i know where i'm going like bill mm-hmm. i'm going to wait can go i just in say, order, greg it's gonna, is it going to be
2: one per team 32
3: yeah okay well, I, I i i don't know if we'll go through all t- we'll just talk some of the more interesting teams um, but mm-hmm. in the AFCs, I really like Ed Oliver. I think I'm going to go go with him. I feel like he already broke out, but people didn't notice. Jets. I'm going with your boy Elijah Moore most likely. I wanted to start mm-hmm. with the Pats because if nothing else, this made me feel a little bit better about the Pats roster that they have actually a bunch of options, which not a lot of mm-hmm. not every team does. And uh, I'll throw these by you, Bill and Dan, Kyle Duggar, uh, mm-hmm. their safety, who's a playmaker, Christian Barmore, who had an incredible. Uh, rookie season. Then he get. Then you get to the point, did he already make the leap? Is that not not big enough take? Mm-hmm. Josh Uche, uh, Amina Kimes' favorite, who they really mm-hmm. need to step up sort of as a pass rusher. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, one of the best uh, rookie running backs in the league uh, mm-hmm. last year. And then I even throw in Kendrick Bourne, who might be their number one receiver. So unlike yeah. a lot of teams, I feel like they have a, a lot of
4: good options. Where would you go, Bill? I, I think I would go Josh Uche here because I think mm. they really need a linebacker Two step up. I mean, Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, Calvin Noy, all gone. I mean, that's a lot of not just reps, not just staff, but just brain power. You know, those are guys who were really the, the brains of that defense in so many ways at the second level. And I think for Josh Uche, you know, we've seen him almost exclusively play on the edge. So to me, I think the question is, you know, can he be a guy who plays in the middle as well? Can he be a three down linebacker? Can he do more than just rush the passer? Because I think Bill Belichick wants his linebackers to be able to do that but he doesn't want that to be the only thing they do. So to me, I think, you know, Josh Uche, I I think the leap for him is just, does he have more than what he's shown so far? Can he play a bigger role? Because I think that's the difference between him being a guy who's one and done in terms of contracts on this roster or a guy who sticks mm. around for a second deal.
2: I, I would go with Barmore. I think uh, mm-hmm. you look at what he did last year, how he came on and got better and better. He had more hurries last year. Um, or had more pressures last year than Aaron Donald as a rookie. And wow. he came on against the run. He is, his past rushing grade on PFF was really jacked up in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a second rounder, right? So it's one of those, as a Patriots uh, a hater, you could call me, these are the type of guys that they find and unearth and become big-time mm-hmm. players for, you know, several seasons. So he would be my pick. Can I push back on... Uh, it's not really a pushback, but I like Gabe Davis with Buffalo. I know you got all mm-hmm. Oliver in there.
0: Yeah.
3: I,
2: I think there is, I think you nailed it with the Jets, even though you don't even have Zach Wilson as like a, under consideration in the Word document. You <laughs> yeah. I, I sent you
3: a document of like candidates for, no, it's team. just well, weird. I, I have to believe in him and I, I, you know, I don't. You I know, know I, got I don't. You.
2: But if Elijah Moore has a huge season, Zach Wilson probably takes a big step. But anyway, sure. uh, Gabe Davis with, uh, Cole Beasley out of there. Um, I think that's that's a big part of Manuel Sanders out of the picture, what he did in the playoff game against the Chiefs. Sometimes I get caught mm-hmm. in this personally, Bill. I don't know um, mm-hmm. if you do, too. When a player has a huge breakout game in the postseason, mm-hmm. I think that's a natural leaping point. It doesn't always play mm-hmm. out that way. But the way he he stepped up on the, on the biggest
4: stage there, that stuck with me. Oh, my goodness. I I, I think about that route where he just broke Mike Hughes' ankles. Once a week, I, I literally watched it two days ago. <laughs> I, I loaded up Next Gen, and I was just like, "I'm going to watch this route ten times in a row." Uh, I the Gabe Davis thing is so interesting because if you look at, and I realize this is not a fantasy football podcast, so I apologize for bringing some. Fantasy no, we on we we try to pepper in
3: the fantasy advice this time of year, especially. We will have the fantasy spectacular coming up next mm-hmm. month. It is the tenth mm-hmm. annual, ninth annual. Who even really knows? Twenty. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Who can count that far? But Gabe Davis is like going in the fourth or fifth round of, of best ball drafts right now. He is what? going. Really? Like he's going to be. Yeah, he's going. He's going to be Sounds a a real difference maker and immediate superstar. And I think, you know, to your point, I, I feel like that is. That is really just something that is a product of that last game. I think if he had had a nice 80-yard game in his final postseason game, he was good but not four touchdowns and, and otherworldly. I think he'd be going a couple rounds later, even given the huge opportunity there is to not be the number two receiver in that offense. So uh, I, you know, I, I'm optimistic about his chances but i don't know that he's going to be the guy who i think people are are counting on that high in fantasy football drafts
3: yeah i would not take him that high he he's sort of the obvious pick i i just feel like ed oliver there was that that class of Mm -hmm. defensive tackles who've they've taken turns who's played well and i think people didn't really notice that ed oliver finally looked like a top 10 pick in the Mm -hmm. second half last year and so he's just someone i Sort of want to highlight. That's what this is about, too. I, I'm kind of leaning bar more, though. I'm with you on Uche. They need They need more out of him, and that's what I hope as a Pats fan. He hasn't played much. I think I'm just scarred by the Chase Winovich era, where like per snap, he was one of the best pass rushers in the league and they would never put him on the field. And that's a little bit what Uche has been like the last couple of years. And there are different types of making the leaps. And I try to, I try to balance it out. You want some good names, some big names, mm-hmm. some selling power. You want some coming out of nowhere. You're going to end up having a lot of receivers because I'm basic. Sure. Uh, and so they're just, they're just easier guys to pick. But you also want some leaps from like a guy like Barmore who Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm, like, putting on my great scouting hat and saying, like, this guy's going to be a player. Like, everyone already knows that who watched the Patriots. But I think he's got a legitimate chance to be, like, a superstar. So that Mm -hmm. would be a, a big leap, going from great rookie year to one of the very best in the entire league. And then, you know you only remember your hits. You only bring up sure. your hits in the future. So midway through the season, when Barmore is making that midseason all pro team, I I'll mm-hmm. say, remember back on that show mm-hmm. back in July, Dan, you told me to pick Barmore. We okay. nailed it. I like so it. Let's go yeah. to the that's...
2: AFC North, Greg. Let's keep rolling here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't mention the
3: dolphins, by the way. Uh, I think I'm going to do the either Javon Holland or maybe their entire offensive line. <laughs> Cause their offensive line was so bad. I think the coaching help, uh, Ravens, I'm kind of looking at Adafa Owe is probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. Bengals is weirdly a tough team to find candidates just because they're all there. Logan Wilson doesn't get enough uh, Mm -hmm. pop. Browns, I'm I'm leaning uh, uh, Owusu Koromoa over Greg Mm -hmm. Newsom. Uh, But the Steelers, four good options. Najee Harris, Miles Jack with the rare like seven or eight years into his career but everyone forgot about him and now he's a free agent making the Mm -hmm. leap. But I think he could do it. Chase Claypool, who recently said he thinks he's a top three receiver in the league. Says a lot And uh, Alex Highsmith, who's quietly put up a lot of production across from T.J. Mm-hmm. Watt. Four good options, which is a good sign for the the Steelers that they have that many options. Where would you go?
4: Mm, I the, the problem is I have to believe in the player. Right, right that that's part me of the, the, too. Me too. And, and I think the guy who comes to mind for me is actually none of those guys. It's Dan Moore, who is left tackle wow. for them i think was last in espn's pass block win rate rankings last year so not great but i mean that organization did not replace him they did not supplement him they believe in him as a a starting left tackle and i think the steelers given their drafting and development history over the past 40 years i'm not, I'm not saying that they're always right I'm not saying they just said they were last
3: is that a shot at the no, whoever came up with last. pass block win rate at espn like they might be listening and being like come on barnwell
4: I, I think he's going to get better. Is he going to get better enough to be a franchise left tackle? Mm. That's a tough question. But, you know, I think last year with Ben Roethlisberger, it was OK. Ben can't move, but at least he knows what's coming. At, at least he has a good sense of where the rush is going to be. Now it's Mitch Trubisky. Now it's Kenny Pickett who can move, but who are not as as sort of seasoned as Ben Roethlisberger. So it's can Dan Moore protect... The blind side of two young quarterbacks and if he can that's a huge difference maker for a team that you know does not have a lot of cap space to spend and certainly not invested heavily in their offensive line um i think that's the most interesting player i'm watching heading into year two i'm just not sure if i believe in him
2: i'm i'm going claypool here um, mm-hmm. I, he was electrifying as a rookie, and his skill set just like jumps off of the screen mm-hmm. when you watch him. I, sometimes I wonder is he a little bit of a knucklehead, and 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 does, is he a fit with the Steelers? I don't know. Um, and you look at the numbers; he declined. At least he only had two touchdowns last year. But you know it's mm-hmm. all there, and you know mm-hmm. that it couldn't. pop. I know they don't; they're not settled at quarterback now, or we don't know yet with Trubisky mm-hmm. and maybe Kenny Pickett, maybe a dash of Rudolph. But anything I think is better than Dead Ben like that. I. If I had to take a, a a chance on a guy that maybe disappointed uh, last season a little bit, of making a big jump mm. and making the leap and becoming like an all pro, I'm not saying top three like he thinks, but becoming a <laughs> pro ball type talent, Claypool's my guy there.
4: I, I I think I'm I'm a top three podcaster on this show personally.
3: Mm. I mean you went off the board, Bill. I'm not sure. I mean there was good analysis. <laughs> it's definitely the first Dan Moore pop we've given all off-season and it is a big story for them, their offensive line in general. You didn't mention Pat Friermuth either. He's a little saucy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I should have. That's true. Actually, people love people love the the Friermuth. I think Jack could be uh, a sneaky big pickup for them because they just don't like Devin Bush. I think Devin Bush is ultimately going to get replaced bench by him. Mm-hmm. He's a weird pick here. Uh, Highsmith gets him. Yeah. Friermuth actually might be the guy, and he wasn't listed. So wow. I 60 awesome catches forward. on 79 Italy. targets. I take that back. Najee's too, too much of a basic uh, pick, mm-hmm. although you know, his per per carry numbers weren't great. I, I wanted to throw in a, a Davis Mills Texans conversation. He's probably going to be the pick oh. for the Texans just because I, I just personally am. we haven't talked Davis Mills like all offseason and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious for your take Bill and just that you know Nico Collins would be another guy they're talking up mm-hmm. I know uh, our friend Nate Tice really likes Tavier Thomas who's a cornerback who's, <laughs> who's fighting for playing time there They, they I did projected starters a couple months ago and their mm-hmm. defense was easily the hardest yeah. side of the football to project on all 32 mm-hmm. teams like it was just like what I I don't know who is starting on this what? group, so it it's hard to predict. I'm making the leap out of that group. Where are you uh, in terms of your Davis Mills belief?
4: Oof, I'm not high. I have to admit, you know, I mm. think that five game stretch to end the season. You know, hey, numbers were fine, pretty good by all accounts. Defenses he were playing not especially impressive, and to be fair the defenses he played as a starter earlier in the season were a lot tougher. So there was a, a high bar early in the campaign, but I, I would really discount that a little bit based on the defenses he played towards the end of the year. I'm not saying that you throw him out, not saying that you never give him a chance again, but I think the organization saying he's our guy, at least for this year, we're not going to make any other moves to try and make a significant uh alternative here. I'm a little skeptical of, to be fair, I will say I am writing Right now for ESPN, I'm doing my offseason uh rankings of skill position players for each team. The Texans were 32 last year. And I don't think the Texans, I don't want to spoil anything, I don't think they're moving too far off that spot this year. So I think for Davis Mills, mm. decent offensive line, but the weapons not really there. And so I think you know that is gonna hurt any quarterback. We'll get to another quarterback later on, I think, who has an even worse situation, but I do think that for Davis Mills You know, I I think he's playing with a half of a hand tied behind his back, maybe. I, I think he could certainly use more help than what he has. I actually went with brevin jordan here where i think it's a question mm. of, you know is he just a guy who's playing because they have no other options to tight end i think their backup is anthony Alclair. Um, or is he a guy who's a good athlete who can be a player who you know even if he's not your your inline tight end who plays a thousand snaps can he be an athletic tight end who makes plays for you and i think that is something the texans have to figure out this year with their receiving core is okay we have brandon cooks but who else is playing in our offense three years from now besides uh the star former rams wide receiver
2: do you want to shine the light on anybody else in the AFC South, Greg, before we move on?
3: No, no. I was gonna just I'll quickly you know pit Pittman probably, the Colts, uh maybe quiddy pay uh Trevor Lawrence you got to mm. get like i said you got to have atle- you got to have some star power here that's that's someone you can sell the article with Trevor Lawrence Titans bad another bad sign for your Titans uh grave digger uh that they didn't really have any good options i might go with like their young cornerback duo Christian Fulton and Elijah Molden kind of do a, a package Ooh. deal let's move to the uh, AFC Can i West just say deal. if i had to yeah. if
2: my life was on the line and i had to nail one of these uh for making the leap <laughs> And it, it is basic, but it's a good sell. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to make a sure. substantial leap this year. That would be my pick mm-hmm. if I had to put it mm-hmm. all on the line. Anyway, right. I'd like to hear your guys' choice own. as
3: well uh, before the end of this exercise. Ooh, okay. Right. I, mine uh, mine might mm-hmm. be the next guy, um, Jerry Judy on oh, the Broncos. Wow. Now, now Sertan would be an easy pick there. He already you was so good. You want it so bad, Greg. You want Jerry Judy to be awesome wow. so bad. I mean, I don't necessarily. He obviously had... Um, <laughs> You know, he had the disturbing off-field um, arrest this off which which mm-hmm. got thrown out. Doesn't seem like he's going to get um, punished by the NFL. He in mm-hmm. e- even just in terms of what you've heard from the beat writers, in terms of his attitude on the field, and some of the things coaches have said, there are some questions about maturity there, um, mm-hmm. which which makes you worried. Alberto is another name I would throw, mm-hmm. but I just sort of trust. You got to trust your eyes with certain things. And he moves in such a way that so few people in the NFL move. And I just think getting open is the, is the most bankable asset that any receiver can have. And he does that really well. And now he's going to upgrade at quarterback as much as I like Teddy. uh, It is an upgrade here to Russell Wilson. And to me, I think if I'm picking any of those guys, I I know it's a deep receiver group, Uh, but I think Judy benefits from Wilson being there the most.
4: I mean, I'm just a lowly copy pounder, so I, I don't have the eyes to examine the way players move. That is a art form that I could not possibly look to as a lowly copy pounder. But my question for Jerry Judy is this. Like, yes, Jerry Judy has had middling, maybe bad quarterbacks his first three years in the NFL, or first two years in the NFL. Compare that to someone like Terry McLaren, who's had even worse quarterbacks and been more productive. Michael Pittman has had similar or That's worse fair. quarterbacks and been more productive. I mean, guys, you know, I, I think the argument that Jerry Judy will throw his first two years out because he was playing with crappy quarterbacks, like there are other teams, who, other players who have had worse quarterbacks who have been more productive. So to me, I think I'm cautiously optimistic about Jerry Judy, but I think that sort of just plug and play, oh, we're inserting Russell in and he's going to get 1300 yards. I don't, I'm not with you on
2: that. Mm. Mm. Allen Robinson before he kind of quit last year. Um, Another guy, you know, the guys that are really studs, they find a way to get the numbers, but he's also a guy, you remember his last game against the Raiders when he had five catches for 140 yards. It's all there, but you're putting your Mm -hmm. life on the line, Greg. Well, yeah,
3: I also think he's like just much more, he's more talented than, than Cortland Sutton and Hamler and, and Patrick. I think he's, He's the one, um, but you're he, not
2: going to put MVS as the making the leap guy for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Like, Why not? He was just because he just had Aaron Rodgers on his team for yeah. years and he was always a tantalizing guy, but it just never put it together. Why is he now going to put it together
3: now? Because they need him because they need him because his role is going to change. <laughs> they're they're going to see I mean, him
2: different. Yeah, they
4: need him. So did. So did the Packers, but it never really happened. Well- yeah. Wh- how is his role going to change in Kansas City? He's not gonna be like a, a three levels receiver just because they need him to be one. Like, he's, well that's what, what they you know point?
3: no. You're right. I might be falling for the OTA stuff, but that is literally like the OTA stuff. It's like now he's gonna be a three level receiver. Greg, you've uh, been doing this twenty years, my friend. It, it's a fair <laughs> point. A lot of it is opportunity though, and I and I do think for because of the money that they gave him uh mm-hmm. and because he's a long-term piece there that he is going to have uh, a lot of opportunities. And for him, making the leap would be 900 yards. I mean, and, and make a bunch of big plays in prime time. It doesn't need to be uh, some massive thing. And I, I could see it where he feels like, you know, people were saying Tyreek Hill, many of the many, one of the many reasons why they will miss Tyreek Hill is you know the four or five times a year where Mahomes just is freestyling and finds someone down the field mm-hmm.
4: that that feels like MVS's spot the mm-hmm. shine for sure for sure. Absolutely. But that's four or five times a year. He was that guy with the Packers already. Like he would have, you know, he'd go for one forty and two touchdowns three times a year. And then he'd have four weeks where he'd have 17 yards and it'd be just where did them go? I think that's maybe he's a better version of that this year. Well, Ronald know, Jones I, would be I, another
3: I, like disappointment elsewhere I, that, I, that possibly I, steps up. Cause I just don't believe in Edwards. Um Nick Bolton, I guess would be an option. Uh, I, he, you know, the, the man who, didn't quite come down with that uh Joe Burrow weird sideline yes. pass that he could have intercepted mm-hmm. that would have maybe won you know, put put the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Legarius Snead just doesn't get a lot of attention so I could I could mm-hmm. mention him. Um uh, but I What
4: about what about one Thornhill? I mean a guy who was very good as a rookie. Since then, I mean okay, has been in and out of the lineup a bit, but was in more last year than out and I think, you know, a player where I think I'm wondering is he just, you know, is he better than Daniel Sorensen? Is that why he's in the lineup or is he actually a legit? you know, above average starting safety. I, I think I want see, to see him play 17 games and play consistently well this year.
3: So I can just feel Dan getting nervous because the pacing of this is is in trouble, you know? It's like Sorry. we got to get Bill out of here. No, it's, it's not Sorry. Bill, it's me. Because I'm trying to like crank through all 30 Yeah, I think you're teams. projecting
2: upon me. I do know it's we almost... have to take a break. So let's take a break, Greg. And then we're going to hit the <laughs> NFC. See, that's just, that's tugboat just keeping things under control. It's like the captain on the (laughs) Titanic. I'm not going to be on the lifeboat. I will be behind the big wheel when the water comes rushing in.
3: See, Dan's in Jersey, and I just think I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Let's take a break. We'll be right
0: back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, All right, let's get to it. The NFC East with
2: Bill Barnwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me do a Francesa. All right, if you're just joining us, Bill Barnwell <laughs> does really great stuff over at uh, ESPN. He's joining us. We're talking making the leap. Uh, Greg, <laughs> how about the NFC East?
3: Yeah, w- Washington was one of the teams I I couldn't come up with anyone. I was like, oh. I don't know. Just do like an Antonio Gibson bounce back. Uh, Cowboys, probably CeeDee Lamb over uh, – Odigizu, although I really like Zua, I just – I wanted to talk Giants because Bill is our um, our resident Giants <laughs> fan that tries oh to God. hide that he's a Giants oh, fan no. somewhat.
2: Um, <laughs> Bill's going through some stuff right now. The listeners yeah. should know. His uh, face is, his hands are buried in his face or the other
3: way. I, hey, look, I, I think I feel better <laughs> about the future of the Giants right now than I have in about a decade. It, may, it might not be great this year. Um sure. But uh I this is one where I don't need your help. I'm definitely going Kadarius Tony because I am a huge Kadarius Tony believer, and I was just curious if
4: Bill is with me on this at all. I'm not. Uh I I I think he's okay. I think he's interesting. But like we're we're basing our Kadarius Tony optimism on one game. Yeah. Like that's it. His it was like two here, games. Or, it, it,
3: it was really two games. He, was, he he did some things against the same. He had sixteen there.
2: catches for two hundred and sixty-seven yards in that two-game stretch. Otherwise,
4: yeah, yeah, and that was it. And like, but it how about happens. those
3: eyes? How about how he moves? You got to admit. I
4: can't, you got to admit. Again, he he again, is a
3: freak in terms of how he moves, like a Tyree Kill when, type of thing.
4: When you are staring at, at at the life nature of NFL players moving, I'm out. I'm pounding the copy. My head is down on the keyboard. This is yes, yeah.
3: you know. I know you're a numbers guy, and you, we want you know factual. Don't put data him in the box. He's a numbers but guy. But you, you um, still, you know. still got to look at a guy like Canary. So as a rookie stepping out there and having yes. a game and making NFL defensive players look silly mm-hmm. in a way that mm-hmm. few mm-hmm. players do, and doing that right off the bat and thinking, okay, there's something here in the right system that they could harness, mm-hmm. and it feels like Brian Dable. Mm-hmm would be that right system. He just mm-hmm. has to stay healthy and kind of have his head on straight.
4: That's I... fair. I, I, I think that's absolutely fair. But what I would say is, number one, he, you know, he didn't get hurt later on in the year, but he was not that guy consistently after that two-week stretch. And number two, they did use a second-round pick on Wandale Robinson, who is kind of the same sort of player, maybe not as good, maybe more of a project than Kadarius Tony, but – that doesn't tell me that the new regime is necessarily in love with Kadarius and there was some trade to be in that role, trade
2: rumors swirling around him after year one, Mm -hmm. which is very unusual. I know there's a regime change and that stuff could happen, but I got Mm -hmm. some sobering data here, Greg and and Bill just touched on it, but he played 10 games last year. He missed time, extended time to injuries. He had those, those two big games, 23 catches for 150 yards outside that two game explosion. So he, uh, you know, And he's he missed most of the spring coming back from knee surgery, so there are there are some Mm. obstacles here. Well, Daniel Daniel Jones Jones. would
3: Daniel Jones would be another option here. You know, one of the reasons Tony didn't produce was (laughs) because Varnell says
2: no, (laughs) shaking his head immediately.
3: Okay, Ojolari would be an option, but Daniel Jones would be an option because one of the reasons Tony didn't produce is because they had those terrible quarterbacks, and basically the offensive Mm. line went from bad to like unplayable uh, in the last (laughs) eight or nine you know weeks of the season. Uh, mm. I, I've made mistakes before, and maybe I'm making it with Davis Mills, where you like get too excited about the last five or six games of a rookie year, and then you hold on to that. Like, do you, Dan? Do you still think Daniel Jones? Don't you think in this Brian Dable type of thing, like ha, ha, at least has a chance? I don't know who else does on this roster. Anyway, I think
2: given the way things unfolded this year, especially with the this particular quarterback class and everything that was going on with the Giants, I think they made. Mm-hmm the right call to just hold Mm -hmm. here and give him one more shot that said, uh, and you used to talk about this with Darnold and other guys, Greg, like Mm -hmm. once you get to this point, you have to assume the worst. So while he's still toolsy, while you wonder with better leadership and a better game plan, will he be able to become that guy they thought he was going to be, you just Mm got to look at like history and, and, and think it's not going to be the year for him, but you know,
5: Mm.
4: I I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it. You know, I, I think the odds are against him. And yes, you are changing some of your personnel. You're changing the coaching staff. I think Brian Dayball is much more competent than the offensive staff they had in there previously. But man, look what happened with Sam, right? Sam went to Carolina. He had three good games. Our, our old friend Evan Silva was Yeah, but Daniel Jones
3: has like... don't on... You're a Giants fan. Don't you think Daniel Jones has shown that he's kind of a replacement level starting quarterback. Like, I, I'm i pretty confident, and I can't say this about Darnold, mm-hmm. that Daniel Jones is going to have like a 12- to 14-year career bouncing around the league, and he'll be like a part-time starter maybe is like his median outcome, kind of like a Teddy what? Bridgewater-ish career.
4: Oh, boy. I do not think Daniel Jones is on okay. Teddy Bridgewater's level. I, you've already slandered Teddy twice in the first That's not a slander. I just think Very he's shown unusual. that he can
3: play, that he can play in the league that's all
4: I, I i i think my concern is how has he developed i mean to me i think he's still the same guy who is very slow in the pocket he's he's patient which i think is a good thing but also patient to a fault he's getting hit too often he doesn't protect the football very well like the, the strides he has made are not significant enough to me to think that he's going to make a sudden leap and i think with a backup quarterback he wants somebody like teddy who's going to protect the football make smart decisions maybe he doesn't have the ceiling other guys have but daniel jones to me is just not that guy i, I think to me mm. If i was going to pick someone i'd pick andrew thomas where yeah, he improved one. last year he was bad as a rookie he was much better last year he looked competent last year he was not the problem with that line a year ago but still well behind uh wills and Werfs for the best tackle in that class and he was taken as the first tackle in that class ahead of those guys so to me i think it's is he going to be a okay tackle or is he going to be the guy the giants expected and be a superstar left tackle and a building block for them for the next decade whether it's Daniel Jones or someone else, a quarterback he's protecting in years to come.
2: Mm. Um, I'll throw one more out from the NFC East, yep. uh, a little bit basic, because uh, I thought he'd be in the superstar club this year. It didn't quite happen. But CD Lamb making that leap this year, mm-hmm. I think is going to happen. I think the way it's setting up for the Cowboys, Dak another year clear of the surgery, Amari uh, Cooper out the door. Um, you're mm-hmm. going to see CD Lamb put up all pro monster stats. In my opinion, you could make a case for Tony Pollard too. That, those are two good yeah. options. I think, cause I think he finally kind of takes over and becomes mm-hmm. that lead guy from Zeke. And he's going to be involved in their passing game as well. I think
4: the Cowboys have two yeah. good candidates there. Yeah. I'm hey, with Greg, you. I he, give you one Washington candidate,
3: please. I, he was, I was struggling with them.
4: I, I will give you cam curl, the safety where he was mostly a strong safety last year. I think, he, you know, mixes it up a bit more. I know Bryce McCain is there back on a one-year deal. They have high hopes for him. I, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, a superstar, but I think, you know, he he has potential. I think there's a lot to like there. I think they were very impressed with him in a small sample. I think he gets a bigger role this year. And I, I think he has the athleticism to impress.
3: The, the next couple of divisions I'll, I'll crank through, but I thought the most in, the, one of the two or three most interesting teams in the whole league was the Eagles because they have big – uh Name yep. value here for potential making leap. Dan, where are you going? Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts. you, we could, you could even go Jordan Mylata. As much as I've talked him up, he still has another mm. leap to go, where he wow. would be like a first team All Pro type of type of guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's not been a Pro Bowl or anything. And then I know they're very high in Milton Williams, who is a, a defensive tackle they took, mm-hmm. and will be part of a rotation, so it might be hard for him to mm-hmm. step up. I had a nice rookie year, um, so the, more than most teams, they've got some good good name value there.
2: You're going to want a few quarterbacks on your list when the copy comes out, when it's pounded out. Uh, so I think Jalen Hurts is the the safe pick here and the yeah. right pick. Um, that's my choice for all the reasons we've talked about this summer. Another year in the system, unquestioned starter, got a new number one receiver. Uh, you know, if he's healthy, I think he's going to ball out and take the leap mm-hmm. and be, you know, a top it could be a top 10 starter if things go really well, but like a guy wise, safely yeah. on the right side of the Dalton scale.
4: Could, could feel you trying to calibrate that number correctly. It's <laughs> <laughs> the brand. Just, just the, the scale slightly, slightly 12, eight, six, 14. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think 10 is a good number. Um, Let's go to the NFC North. I mean, I think there's a lot of, a lot to get here too as well. And um, you know, I I'm intrigued. Greg, who do you think is possibly capable of making the leap on this bears roster?
3: Well, Darnell Mooney is going to have such a opportunity, a two-lane grad. Uh so I've talked him up plenty on this podcast, but mm-hmm. he he really is a true deep threat which not many players in the league are in and, and it to me he matches up perfectly with Justin Fields' skill set and there's mm-hmm. so little uh, uh receiving options behind him. You know, they, they certainly at tight end they're okay, but their number 2 receiver might be Byron pringle and so mooney even though he might not need to be that much better just the fact Mm. that they'll throw the ball enough like he could easily have 1300 yards justin fields would also be an option jalen johnson took a step back last year maybe so Mm. maybe if if you like him to bounce back but mooney this is what the problem is i don't want to go you don't want to go too many receivers but mooney feels like the guy
4: Mm. i i will say i mean like i said i'm doing the skill position rankings for espn the bears are very low there They are, if I was doing offensive line rankings, I think they'd be dead last. I mean, Mm. Justin Fields has absolutely no help. And I think Mm. that's the scary thing is it's not just about him playing poorly. I think it's hard for me to see him even staying healthy through the entire season. That's how desperate Mm. I think his situation is. So I I think, I guess you go Mooney just by default, but it's just a brutal situation.
3: I feel like this is making me realize, though, like, if you want, and this, I'm not telling you what to do here, here Bill. But you want, sure. there's a lot of people here at ESPN. You want to, you want your takes to stand out. I feel like no one's on the like Justin Fields is gonna have a monster second year and sure. be the best second year quarterback guy left. Like everyone's sort of sure. off that. So if only to be unique, someone should be taking that corner Big now. Market. and the off chance yeah, it happens. That's, yeah, uh,
2: you know, there's. That's quite a lead, though. I'll leave that for you. could go, guys. Dan.
3: You, you could go. Maybe you could take that I won't corner. do it. Someone needs to be the big fields guy, because it could it could happen. If he's really as good as we thought he was coming into the league, like,
4: it, people... It, 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 I, I volunteered to help Greg on one column, and now he's 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 giving me his <laughs> secondary takes. He's, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to do this, but you can do that one, Bill.
3: Yeah. Just quickly on the north, I'll, I'll just say Panay Sewell, probably the leading uh, guy in, in the... Lions, maybe mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift. Uh, Alan Lazard maybe stepping up uh, if we wanted to uh, give Rashawn mm. Gary more love. He's already kind of taken the leap. Irv Smith, maybe K.J. Osborne, Cam Bynum in, in Minnesota. Can I just – one
2: one thing since you brought up the Green Bay pass catchers, do they mm-hmm. need either Lazard or Christian Watson to immediately emerge to be a big-time team this year? Are they – I know, you know, the Devontae Adams situation. I feel like they're very vulnerable unless one of those guys becomes a guy,
4: like a dog. got the dog in him. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's fair. You know, and I don't think Lazard has a track record to make you think he's going to be that guy. So I I think, you know, maybe it's Robert Tanyan coming back from injury. Maybe they just go to a more run-heavy approach. Like, I, I think... I, I think you can't just run back that exact same offense, the exact same pass rate, exact same routes, and just plug in Alan Lazard and think, okay, he's going to be Devontae Adams. And, and that's, that's just not going to happen. I, I think, I, I think someone has to make a major leap. They don't have to be Devontae Adams, but I think someone has to be the guy where uh, we mentioned Nate Tice. Nate Tice always says, who's going to be that guy who gets you a bucket when you need a bucket? Like Devontae Adams was that guy for the Packers. And now they don't have that guy. There's not that, you know, the guy who's going to bail you out on third down. So to me, I think, Someone has to be that player for them.
3: I think they've shown and the the Patriots certainly over the years have shown that though like if you're gonna try to save money or you're a little short at a position, wide receiver is not a bad one to be short on. Because when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, he can make them better. And the reason I put Lazard first is just like, he's tried to call Lazard his number one receiver in the offseason. So you know that he likes he likes Lazard. He's trying to puff him up a little bit. He's going to give him opportunities. And that's that's part of the reason you pay uh, Rodgers $50 million. We'll, we'll fly through the South, the NFC South. Okay. I think Kyle Pitts, you almost have to do him with the Falcons. Uh, Gross Matos, I've always liked with the Panthers the last two years. Uh, Jeremy Chin maybe bouncing back. Pete Werner was really good for the Saints as a rookie. I, I think he's going to be my pick. Maybe Paulson Adebo. Uh, the Bucks didn't have many options because they're such a veteran team. I could get cute and throw Tom Brady in just to just be like, he's just going to step up big in age of 45 Long. season. Try on Shank. Uh, let's go to the NFC. Can West I just, I'll throw one for up.
2: Carolina. Yeah, JC Horn was kicking ass before he yes. broke his foot. Yep. Now, okay. Th- but does he qualify? Because he only played three games as a rookie, so wouldn't he qualifies. Like, and it, I think he does. Okay. Well, then, I think you should I, think, I think about you're it.
4: Okay. Can I can I throw a Tampa one in there really quick? Okay. Let me throw in Russ Gage. Ooh, okay. Like like Russell Gage is coming over from Atlanta. You know the expectations are pretty high. Tom Brady personally recruited him to come to Tampa. He probably starts in two wide receiver sets to start the season. Like like you know there. I don't think Russell Gage is going to be a pro bowler, but that's not out of the realm of possibility that he's a thousand yard receiver in this offense. And that would be a, you know, I think a pretty big leap from a guy who was, you know, had decent numbers in Atlanta, but was never seen as like a real difference maker from week to week.
3: No, he was a monster in the last half of last season. And I was just like, what Russell gate? Uh, that's a good, that's a good pick. Tryon shanka has such a good opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But it's been pretty erratic as a pro the Cardinals. I might go Marquise You're Brown. A guy. Yeah, I do like hyphenated players. Uh Marquise Brown, maybe uh changing his role mm. up a little bit in that system. Marco Wilson, their cornerback. Uh 49ers, you go Ayuk, you'd go Lance, you go Elijah Mitchell, you go Kamiko Torre, who I kind of like coming in there. Uh Seattle, though, there's a lot of options. So I, I want your help, Dan. I could throw Gino in there. I'm you know, I'm Stop running it. out of time to get Stop Gino it. into my copy. Uh that would be fun. Jordan Brooks is a guy that, like, people that watch the tape love Jordan Brooks. He never mm-hmm. fares very well on PFF because uh, I think he gives up big plays and his coverage mm-hmm. is is spotty. Uh, Noah Fant coming over there. Uh, we always kind of were waiting for Noah Fant to break out. Daryl Taylor is a good mm-hmm. pass rusher. The, the Seahawks have options, Dan. Would would you get cute and go Gino or would you do something
2: else? I, I certainly wouldn't go, but I could see you doing that because there's not a big <laughs> standout guy. I don't know. Like, if... if if Russell Wilson was throwing the passes, Fant would be interesting to me, but that's mm-hmm. not the reality we live in anymore. I don't really have a, a hot take on this one. So I'm not going to force mm. it.
4: Mm-hmm. That's smart. I mean, you know, I, I think it's really a question of what does that offense look like? Because I, I think if that offense looks like it's a, you know, if it looks like it's just a, a run-heavy mess and they're just taking some play-action shots, then I'm not excited about Fant. But if they're moving the ball, if they get, you Noah know, Fan Fant a bunch of red zone opportunities... I think he could be like a nine ten touchdown guy, and that that would be a step forward for me. I don't think he's going to have a thousand yards. I don't think they're going to have the volume after Lockett and Metcalf get theirs. But I, I think Noah Fant could be more of a red zone threat. I think that would be exciting. I, right, I he could say... be
3: their number three receiver basically. In yeah. which yeah. you know not not all tight ends are your number three kind of receiver. They don't really have a, a third wideout uh, get mm-hmm. like seven hundred yards and, and eight touchdowns. And then finally the Rams probably leaning mm-hmm. Ernest Jones you yep. could go note boom coming in you could go
4: cam Akers.
3: uh you could go deal
4: Long. you mentioned you mentioned we had to pick our our lock i guess and the, no i know just just cheating on yes. the lock system but i i think i'll go ernest jones wow. ernest jones was was one of the best players on the field in the super bowl i mean i mean and, and there were a lot of famous players on the field in the super bowl he was phenomenal in that game i mean i think for them you know, I don't want to say he's gonna be this guy, because this is probably the best possible outcome for his skill set or for his his draft status and where he played last year, but I think he's the guy who has to be the Fred Warner for the Rams. And I think in terms of his ability to work within the context of coverage, in terms of his ability to, you know, to cover different parts of the field, he looked like that guy in the postseason, especially in the Super Bowl. So to me, I think he's still a work in progress, but he has that kind of upside. And I think he's gonna be a significantly uh, he's going to be a really important player for that team this year, I think. Mm.
2: Greg, when you have this article that goes up live next week on NFL.com, in the opening graph or two before you dig in, how much pop do Barnwell and I get?
3: Yeah. Now now you're getting it. Um, if you hadn't <laughs> just said that... I don't know if it would have happened. Maybe you would, I would have at least waited till I got to someone that you guys like specifically pitched for. Uh, but now that you did that, I think that's good. And that, you know, that just increases the chances of you guys mentioning it ever again. So that can only help spread the word, uh, about making the leap.
2: You know me well, Greg. All right, Bill, you've said it all. Mm -hmm. One day you and I are going to be, uh, in Boston at the same time. And, uh, We'll get a sandwich of chicken loos together. Northeastern graduate. I have
4: some bad news, Dan. Don't say it. Don't you say it. Bad, I have some bad news. We we lost chicken loo during the pandemic. No! Oh, so sad. You can you can buy, I believe, TKO sauce or some kind of, of chicken loo sauce on their website now. But it was, sadly, the. the you fried know, was the bread. It was that soft
2: bread with the chicken and the yeah. buffalo sauce. Oh. hmm. Wow. A be all, be all right, sad day for all Huskies. True, literally. Wait, did the restaurant
3: tweet. close or did this Lou character? Did he <laughs> close? Did <laughs> the curtain
2: close on Lou himself. I don't know. Lou, it was a little shack, uh, um, right yeah. off. it was like a food truck Huntington. kind of thing. Yeah.
4: Yes. Um, yeah. we'll go to B Hop instead. We'll go to B Hop right. and we'll toast we'll chicken B-hop. Loose from
2: there. All right, good stuff, Bill. Thank you so much again. Check out Bill's writing on ESPN. ESPN.com and the Bill Barnwell show. And he's always on with Mina. So you could check Bill everywhere. He's on ESPN, the television station a
3: lot. I mean, this is a lot of Van Pelt action. You and Van Pelt. It's true. Nice. Yeah. Nice rapport with Van
4: Pelt. Two, two, two bald men just doing TV. It's a real (laughs) triumph, I think, for us. Not, not a lot of bald representation on TV. Happy to finally get uh, two bald men on the television at the same time together. Big, big upside for me
2: there. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, guys. All right. We say goodbye to Bill Barnwell, but we got some we got another guest because we have developing news and this is not the good type of developing news. In fact, disgusted because the city council over in Tybee Island, our beloved Tybee, Chris Wessling's former hometown has come up with some weapons-grade bullshit that is targeting the great huckapoos, the finest establishment in Tybee Island, the hangout of all hangouts in that wonderful place, the place that Wes loves so much. He made a, a a point to make sure we always uh, were there when we visited. It was a major uh, meeting point and hangout point uh, during Chris and Lakeisha's wedding weekend. And now we got some, again, weapons-grade bullshit. And I want to talk about it. I want to get it from the horse's mouth. The man, the myth, the legend. Now joining us, the owner of Huckapoos, Eric Thomas. Eric, what's up? Welcome to Around the NFL. Love the WrestleMania shirt. Yeah,
1: uh, man, representing. What's,
2: what is going on right now in Tybee?
1: Well, I just want to tell you how good you look, man. You, have you been uh, been vacationing? Is that what's been going on? I'm
2: on the Jersey Shore right now. I'm north of you right now, you know, nice. hanging out with family, uh Having some cocktails and hanging you know, by the beach. I'm
3: sitting I'm sitting right here, Eric. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> the
1: last time I saw Dan, he was the sweatiest man I've ever seen in my life. Oh
3: my god. I don't know
1: how
2: we played this celebrity softball game. You know, he had all the biggest stars of Tybee Island against NFL and we got toasted. And I don't know how you people survived down there in that I heat. Know. I certainly didn't kind of heat. It was rough. I almost died on the field that day and but let's move on from that. Some, yeah. That was a bad day, and now another bad day. Here we go. Let's get into it. Yeah, it,
1: it was. Uh, so we've been uh, battling a little bit with the, with the city, and uh, they sent me an email out of the blue and said, you can no longer have music, including the radio, after 11 o'clock p.m. Jesus. So there was no vote. There was no discussion. There was no communication with me. It was just an email sent from the city manager to myself mm-hmm. he said that 11 businesses were affected the uh, other 10 businesses closed at 10 o'clock
2: uh, it's a uh, target blah, blah.
1: Yeah, yeah it's a targeted so,
2: hit page. why why are they coming after you? Eric? do you, you know, have I'm any try- type of heat I'm,
1: I'm trying to figure it out now I'm not I'm not hundred percent why they're they're coming at me he said I asked the same question. He said, due to the numerous complaints that we've received. So I did a, uh, so I did a, uh, open records request and, uh, got a list of the complaints and the list stopped at one. There was one complaint, uh, about our noise over the past year. And that was on, uh, September 4th. I was wondering if you guys were here on September 4th. That's the reason (laughs) I, that's the reason I wanted to call see if you guys are responsible.
3: I was no, coalescing in the hospital. Some, someone with some money here um, who does, who maybe lives nearby and doesn't like that. It's late is using some influence. This, this would never have happened. Um, when our, when our friend Jason was the mayor, That's of course, true. Jason uh, Builderman, he he yeah. married our, our great uh, friend, Chris Wesseling. You know, he, he is who, 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 officially join Lakeisha and he well, was the, the mayor. officiant
2: he, of the of the wedding he didn't yeah he Christmas was the officiant right. yes. I was Absolutely looking clear.
3: for the word there uh it wouldn't have happened under his watch so like what what can we do here um we we don't want to come we don't want our listeners to come too hard at uh whoever's making this decision the city council well, you you tell us how can uh, we help come
1: as strong as you want to go yeah. okay uh, okay like, come uh, hard like, well, I'm
3: just well, saying if wanna, that's not going to work, I don't want to do
2: think Yes, that. that's, I think Greg's making a point that crossed my mind yesterday, that we have this great listenership, this loyal listenership, and every one of them absolutely love – Loved and adored Chris Wessling. And when you think about Chris, Absolutely. you think about Tybee, you think about Huckapoo's. In my experiences at Huckapoo's, the night just starts heating up around 11 o'clock and everybody's having a great exactly. time outside. It's it, yeah. And and um, that made me think that maybe you had defeated someone, Eric, in, in Cornhole that it, and you got on somebody's bad side that way and a late night well. game. But what can we do? Because I don't want our listeners to come so hard that it becomes somehow hurts the cause but maybe just voices carry here in this situation. Who do, who can we send the listeners to to make sure Huckaboo's isn't unfairly targeted? And the city council needs to give you and all the other people who love Huckaboo's a voice. I'm hearing that they're not even letting you bring that up
5: for conversation. No, so, what is so this? I
1: I, uh, I I went and applied to be on the agenda for the, the next meeting. That was last Thursday. And uh, I got a, a call a few days before that said I've been denied my my rights to uh, speak in front of council about this issue. Now they have said, okay, we're going to slow down on this. We're not going to enforce this right now, but it's a, it is a law on the books right now uh, that was made by one man and, and, uh, and he did it all himself under the guidance of the council. So I don't really know, you know, at this point uh, you know, talking about Wes, Uh, One thing we learned from Wes is uh, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging, right? We're going to fight the whole time. So that's what I'm going to do too. I'm going to, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight him as hard as I can and uh, hopefully get this thing resolved.
2: Mm. All right. And if there's someone that our listeners can either tweet out or email, uh, maybe you could let us know, Eric, and we'll uh, make sure that message gets across uh, because in all seriousness, that, you know, that, really was a place that before we even went to Huckapoos. I remember there were shows cause Chris, every time he was on vacation um, from the NFL, he would always fly back East and always spend time back in Tybee. So many friends, dear friends there. Yeah. And we had a running, uh, I'm sure you were on the show before Eric, where we called the bar and uh, yes. asked for West just on a lark that he would be there. And many times he was, <laughs> He's um, there. Yeah. So this is uh, this is an important place in the history of uh, this program and obviously on the island. So anything we can do to help uh, right this injustice, it's a disgrace. And your government, the government works for us, the people.
0: And right now it's not.
2: It is not working for the people. It's working uh, for someone, some shadowy figure. And we have issues with shadowy league figures on our program. There's a shadowy figure out there that I don't know what happened. I don't know who's taking handouts or what's going on, but this needs
1: to stop. This needs to be rectified.
5: Mm. It's part of well, the
1: fabric of that Island. Type. And the, uh, the community is rallying uh, right now behind me. And, uh, and I certainly appreciate that everybody that's, uh, that's reached out to the city council and to, uh, and posted their things on Facebook. And it's been awesome to show the support, to, to feel the love from the community, which has always been so good to us. So yeah, uh, a special thanks to them for sure. But, um, but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna fight it and we're gonna, we're gonna see, uh, see what happens, but we'll take it as far as we can go because I'm definitely not going to lie down on this one.
3: Yeah. You shouldn't that, you know, that Wes would, Wes would want you to, Wes loves hot more than anything. For sure. He, he for would sure. fight it. And and what our listeners can do is what they've been doing. Keep going to hot capoos. We love, uh, Getting Absolutely. messages it's very often from overseas listeners who yes, are in indeed. the area. It's so many, people and they come c-
1: in and wanting to know uh, where uh, Wes's retired uh, jersey is, and <laughs> wow. or, or like so, uh, you, you'd be surprised at how many people uh, take a pilgrimage to Huckapoo's just because of Chris Wessling. It's uh, it's amazing. It really, it's is. Amazing. it's amazing. Uh, we love
3: when when you when our listeners send us those and, and keep doing it because it just feels like. If there's one thing in the world you could do to honor Chris, like that's it. Go have a good day there. Send us a picture, oh, like spread yeah. the love. It's amazing. Yes. I do have one, one theory though, of maybe what happened sure. um, with the fire. Away. Okay. Did you do any kind of um, stacking of your softball team um, with some ringers that maybe got somewhat upset and now is somehow using influence because you're wearing this WrestleMania softball shirt and you know, we haven't seen you since since that day. Right. Um, and uh, I wouldn't say like you know what you did that day to really stack your team with some ringers that barely even knew West that were off the island was was totally in, in good spirit in good good sporting spirit. So maybe that happened in some other way and that that's what's going on here.
1: I see what you're doing there. I see what you're doing. I, I appreciate that, you know. But uh, those those guys were just fans of Wes. They weren't necessarily friends. We're we're still salty about that.
3: We're still salty about that. Uh, next
2: time we come down, our fans of Wes are going to be, you know, Mike Trout and Juan Soto.
1: Well, like, oh yeah, okay. friends of Wes. Well, um, we're actually hoping to come out there for the next softball game. So uh, that would be great. So we'll be great. we'll Beautiful. bring our people. I, you Beautiful. know, and sp- speaking of uh, Westling Field, where we played ball at, it is uh, the home to the Little League um, softball team that won the first their first victory ever in a Little League World Series game. Wow. Uh, right here from Tybee Island, so it was uh, it was a big Whoa. deal on Westling they,
3: Field. That that's well, they, amazing. They
1: train at Westling Field. We actually played at Warner Robbins, but uh, they trained at Westling Field, and uh, and, and and history was made. The first victory ever. So it was, uh, beautiful. It was a big deal.
2: And yeah. if you do, yeah. if and listeners, um, as the pilgr- pilgrimages be, continue uh, to Tybee, yes, absolutely hit up uh, Huckaboo's multiple times. But yes, get to Wessling Field, which was such an amazing job, Eric. And I know you were a vital part of it. Uh, getting that field renamed Wessling Field. There's also a, a wonderful plaque um, that talks about how special Wes was. Make sure you check that out as well. It's really a, a special place to be. And, and I hope, um, Eric, everything works out here. And whatever we can do to
1: help, we will do. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you.
5: There we go. Eric, Eric Thomas.
2: Yes, developing news. A crooked government, local government down there in Georgia is coming after a beloved institution. Our podcast, Greg, we're just not going to stand for that. We're... There's so many things we've lost our faith in our leaders, and here's just another example on the local scale.
3: No, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to update this story, and um, I feel like it's it's like a classic sports movie story where there's just clearly a bad guy here. Uh, we got to find co- out who. There's the clearly guy is. a good guy, and I think we're going to get our sports movie ending eventually, and we'll be able to celebrate uh, this this idea of being knocked down with Eric again on the show, hopefully.
2: Well, you know, it would be actually a, a fun thing to do. And I know things are about to pick up and get busy. But uh, if we could, you know, maybe do some type of fundraising to have an ad campaign that will air on local <laughs> television down there. <laughs> we just need to find out who this guy is.
3: This man right. We don't woman. really know what to do here at this point. Right. We're, as we're... you
2: could tell, listeners, we're trying to figure out how to help. And we're going to work on that and and we'll Be sure to keep you updated. Um, But I think finding out who is the the slime ball, the human gutter ball behind this, uh, that's step one, I think. And then we pounce.
3: No one can stop us. No one can stop our listeners. We, We get everyone together. We're a powerful force.
2: All right. We are. This podcast is a powerful force. Bill Barnwell, powerful force. Thank you to Bill for joining us. We'll be back on thursday with another show it's our last last two show week before we dive all in we get back together in the studio in la starting next week so we got one more show coming up this week so make sure you check that out until then as the great chris wesley was want to say Heed the car. all right let's give him a call I can I uh, speak to Chris Wessling. Is he at your establishment?
5: Um, we built a shower for patrons. He may be crying in it. Oh,
2: wow. <laughs> Whoa. <Hello. laughs> Let, me Let me check. I'm going to look around. They've okay. seen him. They've spotted on, him. Hey, I found him. Hold on. Hold on. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> Love huckapoos. Corpses don't cry. Hello? Hello? There he is. There he is, Christopher Wessling. It is <laughs> almost 6 p.m. on uh, Tybee Island. How you doing, buddy?
5: I'm doing wonderfully. How are you guys?
3: Did I just hear someone yell in <laughs> the background? They found him? Like, they knew we, we were
5: looking I for you? We, all week.
2: <laughs> we, I had Gold Standard put the authorities on line, too, in case you didn't pick up this time. We were nervous. Did not so-
5: alert the authorities to my
2: presence? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? How's your vacation been?
5: I've been playing hide-and-seek from them all week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how's, the, how's the trip been so far, buddy?
5: Oh, it's lofty expectations have been met and exceeded. <laughs> wow
2: Chris we want to know Earlier in the week You mentioned to us That you were garage drinking I just want to know That sounds fun to me What's that mean?
5: So The people I'm staying with They have a bar in the garage mm. uh-huh. And it turned into some fun shenanigans On I don't know Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon <laughs> just stop, well, on Friday it's a thing Where you just stop by people's houses And you expect to have You know Fun so one of my favorite stories since I've been here is that I show up for the garage drinking on the first day, and the little golf cart cab that comes around the island and picks <laughs> up everyone just drops off two cases of beer. <laughs> and gives wow. a message. This is in exchange for the golf clubs that you lent me the other day. It's <laughs> like a regular payment. Just wow. Just as the golf cart taxi, drop off cases of beer.
2: It's like a very friendly barter system.
3: Oh, it's, there's nothing wrong with it, right? This it, basically sounds like heaven on earth for Chris Wesseling and maybe many of our listeners. Like a utopia that they couldn't imagine truly exists.
5: Yeah, I'm not coming back. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
2: By the way. That uh, was our next question. Before we let you go, Wes, and it's great to hear your voice we look forward to seeing you. Uh, you missed the game that we played last week that you really, uh, you'll enjoy. We'll bring it back. I
5: wouldn't say I missed it. <laughs> what, do you mean, what does that mean? You didn't like
2: it? I
5: heard it. Yeah. Mark, you never take Ryan Tannehill over Drew Brees, no matter the situation. <laughs> that, that's his problem <laughs> that's the with it? Way. Okay. Anyway, the game Mark, is, you don't take average over superior ever.
2: The game is called Qualas tu Fantasia, and I'll, I'll throw one out to you before you go, all right? All right. If you could pick one person to ghostwrite a biography about your life, who would it be, Greg Rosenthal or Mark Sessler? David Simon from The Wire. No, no, no. I don't think you heard the question because <laughs> Huckaboos has the first phone ever, apparently. Uh, you have to choose either Greg Rosenthal or Mark Sessler.
5: Mark. Yeah, it's got to be Mark to write well, a like buy up. Mark will be a lot more flowery. <laughs>
2: I was wondering if you were worried about your job security, but you went with the truthful answer, and I respect that.
3: I was pointing at Mark the whole time. This seems like a... I love
2: that made the the question. If you should know, Wes, that the question made Greg very uncomfortable in the studio. Mark
5: would Mark would be more very send me to several murders in different
3: counties. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Accurately. With Mark, there'd be a sense of intrigue and mystery and I, nautical I adventure. I don't disagree. Greg, you could provide that too.
2: Um, Alright, Wes, we need to get to the back to the show because Gold Standard's taking over the direction for the rest of the program, but uh, it's great to hear your voice,
5: and please, please come home. I was just kidding. I'm coming home. I, I love California now, and I love you guys. Aww. And Gold Standard's the best? Well, I mean, TD is pretty awesome. Oh Wow, look at I, Wes. Good to, see, good to hear from you all. I am alive and well, contrary to popular conventional theory, and I will see you all in a few days. All right, love all right. you, Wes. I love you, Wes. Well. <laughs> all
2: right, see Later. You. Later,
0: man. You go into your shower feeling tired.